Hello and welcome to episode 76 of the British Wrestling Experience on postwrestling.com and I'm your host Martin Bushby and back with me after a brief absence on the last episode is Benno and uh, Benno it feels like ages since we've done one of these together. Um, I think um, the last one we did was with the great man Gary Michael Capetta on uh, post wrestling day wasn't it? Start of April. Oh god, yeah, Gary Michael Pazza, what a legend as well. Was, uh, yeah, that was uh, one of the favorite podcasts we've ever done. <laughs> I, think, I think we had a good impression on him though. I've seen him wandering around in his post wrestling cafe t-shirt, you know. He's that was brilliant. Wearing that in day-to-day life, you know. Uh, hopefully he didn't get in too much trouble with that librarian. God, how long is that a month ago now? It doesn't feel like well, it feels ago. like it's almost two months ago now, yeah. We're nearly Bloody in hell. Yeah. <laughs> but um, how's your month been anyway, other than sort of like rattling up Mark Journos? What what you been up to? Rile up people on Twitter. I think that's kind of the main, <laughs> main thing. No, yeah, I've been good to be honest. Yeah, I've uh, still not had my uh, my COVID vaccine yet. I've had uh, apparently I'm a, uh, through my work. Like we we can kind of get the um, you know when there's uh, off the, there's like bits left over at the end of the day. You might get a phone call saying, "Oh, there's a you can go and get your uh, your vaccine at this address." So everyone in my office has had it except for me. I don't know what I don't know what I've done, um, but I'm the I'm the only one who's uh, not had contact on that yet. But I am um, 37 next month, and I believe we're already doing the 38 to 39-year-olds at the moment. So it's close either way. It's coming. So, yeah, looking forward to that. But, yeah, other than that, just been, yeah, busy podcasting, busy with WrestleMania weekend. Thought uh, you and uh, you and Will uh, held down the fort really well in that last show. I really, really enjoyed that. Obviously, we might talk a little bit about that later on. But, yeah, I was uh, sad to miss it, but, yeah, left it in, uh, in you guys' capable hands. Yeah, it's weird that you've not had the vaccine. I just feel like it just seemed – I thought it was like, you know – all bets are off now because I'd see loads of people who've had it who don't maybe fall into the category and stuff like that. I, I thought they were just turning up and you know getting the looking and, and getting it. It seems like I thought everyone had had it now. I'm surprised you aren't even on an appointment for it. I know, yeah, it's, I mean, it's one of them. Yeah, a lot of like my friends are like in their in their early forties and the like, so they're all they're all getting there sorted. But yeah, seems to have been a been left behind. But I'm doing the little, you know, at home test kits and stuff, and I've been able to to get out the pub a little bit and have a little, uh, even if it's an outdoor drink, um, have some outdoor drinks. I'm off to uh, to London next weekend, so I'm looking forward to that as well. So yeah, it's good. It's just good to, yeah, uh, it's the token phrase isn't it but to have a, a little bit of normality and uh, mm. see some of the world hopefully hopefully and um, see you at some point in july as well and yeah you know just get get used to uh, to seeing everyone again it just feels like a lot a lot of reunions over the, uh, the next few months or so no oh, definitely i mean my i've yeah to use a horrible footballing cliche i've had like a month of two halves i got like a nasty bout of shingles all over the top of my left left side oh, of yeah. my eye and my head and i wouldn't wish out on my worst enemy but then also it's been great sort of like being able to go out to the pub again isn't it? and like, you know, meet people. I absolutely killed it on that first. I think the second week after everything could have been open. But one thing for me, every time you got a bill, you're like, oh, fuck me. I'd forgotten how expensive it was to like go out and meet up with <laughs> friends. So used to like just drinking at home with like supermarket crates of beer and stuff like that. And then just going out now and you're like, yeah, holy, waking up in the morning with a hangover. And you're like, did I really spend 100 pounds last night? What on what? <laughs> <laughs> that's it i've been kind of like i'd say i've been better off money wise but i think the other thing is you get tempted to be like oh you know i could cook 
But I could also walk because where I live, like right outside the city centre of Liverpool, now I chose to move here in the in the middle of a pandemic, so I've not really had the most use out of it. But whatever I had, had the most use out of it's like literally every possible type of food is available on Just Eat and Uber Eats and uh, and the like. So that's where my wages have gone. So I've uh, been trying to get out, do a bit more exercise and stuff before I uh, properly go out in the uh, in the real world again. But even then, yeah, it's, def- it's still at a, a cheaper night to sit at home with the uh, with the old Aldi beers and uh, and yeah, the takeaway. It's funny. Have you not? Um, have you not been? You're not going to follow in the path of uh, Braden and Davy with these Patreon stacks you've been getting and get some plush flat overlooking the River Mersey or something. <laughs> have you seen that? Oh, good. I know. I can't believe it when I saw it. I was like, look at these ballers. <laughs> I know. Honest to God, like there's, uh, yeah, they're, they're, their Patreon must be uh, must be doing well because yeah, they got like like this amazing view, haven't they? I saw the little like they got a little uh, podcast corner. Um, which is which looks uh, classy, and they've got like yeah, just a just a nice looking flat, isn't it? It looks like they've uh, they've done well for themselves over there. So yeah, missing out. I know it's like every landmark you could think of in Toronto. They've like got a mm. sort of like one eighty view of it. I was like, well, look at these boys, you know. Uh, yeah, we'll go over at some point. You'll be there it. one day, Benno, with your uh, with all the Patreon money rolling in now. Well, I was listening to um, John and uh, and WH on uh, Post Puro, and they were talking about uh, Fast and Furious coming out in uh, end of June. It's early July for us. We actually get it a week past the first time. We get it a week after the Canadians. Uh, they were talking about yeah, potentially you or potentially I uh, me as well making the uh, the trip over there at some point. Hey, I'll you know for the extra extra weeks jump on it. I'd, you know, if I was allowed, I'd be uh, I'd be tempted to head out to Toronto. I'm sure Davy and Braden would mind me. Yeah. Staying on the couch there because I'll go out, have a, a good night out, Boston, watching Fast Nine. Be a great podcast the morning after. Sounds like a plan, to be honest, though. Oh, Although, yeah, yeah, definitely. June might be a bit early for that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd definitely go back to Toronto again. One of my favorite cities, been there a couple of times. It's a, mm. it's a cracking place. But, um... I think there in Tokyo are like top of my list, like as far as things to do now. Like, I'm just, I'll, I'll, I'll go anywhere at this point if like the UK government are like, oh, you can. All of a sudden, you can go to Turkey again. I'm not bothered. I'll go there and sit by a pool for two weeks, or I'll go go to Europe, go to Germany to watch more wrestling again. But like big trip wise, there the two. I think yeah, Toronto, maybe maybe America for like a, a big AW show or something like that, and uh, and Tokyo. I think having this this last year of uh, enforced non-traveling is just me. Mm. I want to do all the things now. Um, again, uh, might uh, eat into the uh, the savings I haven't quite got because of all the uh, the just eat orders I've been putting in, but. Uh, yeah, I've been uh, saving a little bit and thinking of a a, a little worldwide uh, tour. I think it's uh, I think we all need something like that after uh, living through this last year. Oh, definitely. Yeah, you should definitely get on that. Um, all all our savings have gone on uh, a new kitchen this year, so I don't think we'll be doing anything <laughs> until next year. You know, you're growing up when you're uh, when you're uh, you know when you're spending your weekends <laughs> looking at kitchen catalogs and picking out sort of like colours for cupboards and stuff like. You're like, oh yeah, my uh, youth oh, is well behind me now, but. Um, See what's yeah, ended shots of Braden and Davey. You got your posh middle class kitchen, you know, <laughs> moving on up in the world. NHS must pay yeah. well, unbelievable. In, in a terraced house in Sheffield, yeah, it's not quite, <laughs> it's not quite Toronto, is it? Yeah. <laughs> oh well, hopefully, yeah. I didn't list that in my list of places. I want to go Sheffield. That's the other one. After we did that, uh, <laughs> worst venues in Brit restaurant <laughs> over on the uh, the Grapple podcast. He, he just painted Sheffield in such a nice light, Martin. That I'm like, you know, I've only been twice for progress shows, and it's been in and out. Uh, that's it. I'll come to Sheffield. See see the sights. It sounds like a wonderful place. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, every place has got its it got its bad places, I will say that. I mean, I live near Hillsborough Football Stadium. You can't get a bigger dump than that. But um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah, there are there are some. Uh, Andy was quick to point out there are some also nice places in Sheffield. Just um, quite a lot of bad uh, nightclub venues that people have used for uh, for wrestling <laughs> shows. But definitely that was a brilliant show as well when you had Andy Ogden on. But um, I'm sure we'll get into that towards the end of the show because I just wanted to get into a bit of housekeeping before we continue on to the main show. Because um, talking to waiting and it seems a few folks are having trouble getting the ECW show with uh, Andrew and John in their uh, Apple podcast feeds earlier this month. So um seems that if you've updated your iPhone to iOS 14.5, then it might be worth uh, downloading another podcast provider like uh, an Overcast or listening to our show through Spotify. I think that's... Um, seems Apple are really messing up with the uh, with the podcast, uh, with their own podcast app. And so if you're just using that, it might be easier to listen to it through Spotify or get another uh, podcast provider. So, yeah, I didn't realize that it was because mine's just uh, uploading all the latest shows, but it seems a lot of people have been having problems with that. Have you had any problems with on, on Grapple with anything like that? Only with, and I should be careful what I say, because we're on Podbean on this side. We're Podbean. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, we, we moved off Podbean to Red Circle. I would, uh, I would highly recommend it. <laughs> um, but yeah, iTunes-wise, I don't believe we've had any issues, but it is something I always hear about, because like, yeah, I think it's weird, isn't it? Because iTunes is like the center of the podcasting universe. Especially Rattle. if you've got an iPhone, like half of the, uh, that's going to be your automatic go-to, isn't it? But that's the thing, though. It's like the center of the, the world when it comes to podcasts, and it's where it all started. They just don't really seem to care that much, do they? It's like <laughs> there isn't much. It's like it's hit. It's always been hidden away, like within iTunes and stuff. And yeah, it's like despite this clear million-dollar industry, as Braden and Davey are proof of, um, existing <laughs> Apple just yeah, they don't give it much love, really. So I think that's the. I hear voices of wrestling talking about it as well. I think the lesson is if you're a if you're an Apple user, find another podcast app because at some point I think things are gonna go wrong. But yeah, I'm a I'm an Android user on my dodgy Chinese phone, Martin, so I'm all right. Um, I've got, I've got <laughs> no worries that way. But yeah, definitely something I've heard regularly. So yeah, if uh, you are missing episodes and somebody literally tweeted me today asking if this podcast still existed. <laughs> um, <laughs> actually saying that, you probably won't even hear this. So I don't know how we, how we reach those people. But yeah, um, tell your friends, remind them uh, that we're still here. <laughs> I think that says more about Brit Rest uh, than That's true. Than <laughs> the actual podcast itself. <laughs> but anyway, we have, yeah. got, we have got a few things to talk about this uh this month mainly uh europeans or brits abroad but we have got some homegrown stuff to talk but i did want to talk about um this cody Rhodes promo from aw last night so obviously <laughs> cody cut a very patriotic promo didn't he on last night's dynamite um you know anthony gogo wasn't there you know and he was telling anthony gogo that he wasn't there to live the english dream rather than he was there to live the american dream and and also shouted out little Gabriel kid. I mean, this was Amazing. so 80s, wasn't it? America versus the world, like, you know, Hulk Hogan against Sergeant Slot. And I was just like, oh, God, I always, I always find patriotism quite hilarious, you know, from any sort of walk of life. You know, if anyone wants to, like, you know, have a go at Britishness, have a go at it. You know what I mean? It never bothers me. I find patriotism <laughs> quite hilarious. That's it. Like I've said this, like you know, we we host a British wrestling podcast, but yeah, we're not the type of people you're gonna find wearing a, a Union Jack <laughs> on any of our clothing or being. Although I'm sure we have two proud. Union Jacks in our logo. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, it's uh, it's unfortunate, but yeah, uh, I think we both uh, got our own feelings on that stuff. But yeah, and I don't. Yeah, it's weird because it's like 
it was such an odd promo, like you said, like Cody talking up. Like you could tell he was struggling and he was like trying to talk a little talk up these British legends he's faced. Oh, was it Doug Williams, Pack, and and as you said there, yeah, little Gabriel Kid, which was just him. Like I noticed there, gay kids changed his uh, his Twitter name to Little Gabriel Kid, which is uh, <laughs> which is good stuff. Um, but yeah, it's an it's an odd little thing because it felt like that Cody feud was, you know, it was the QT Marshall show, and I was glad to see that because I think QT Marshall's one of the more bang average wrestlers in the world and him getting TV time on Dynamite just just felt odd. Um, but it seems to have read to, led to this where Anthony Gogo is getting the big Cody match. You never know with Cody. He seems to like, he changes feuds like on a weekly basis. Just he's got, as far as wrestlers with no attention span, I think Cody Rhodes is uh, is leading the pack really. Like he'll be feuding with Pentagon one week, then the next week it's QT Marshall and the week after Lord knows what he's doing. And that's what this felt like as well. It felt like, We'd fast forwarded three months into the feud where like, yeah, it was like this blood feud over, I don't know, the British Empire or something. And Anthony Agogo being Brit Rez's big savior uh, in draping the uh, the flag over over Cody. And yeah, the the Brits, as usual, being uh, cast as the heels here, Martin. Again, I've got no particular issue with that because, yeah, over over history, we are the heels. But it's still still really weird. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're heading towards uh, Anthony Agogo getting a... Getting a you know a big spot on a on a British AEW show or something, but it was such a such a really weird weird promo from Cody mentioning his uh, his dad to the stuff about Brandy and some mm. weird comments about that kid coming up that I know uh, WH wasn't a wasn't a fan of uh, the promo in general and uh, Cody in his uh, Trump like suit. Um, I don't know. He's very uh, he's like a, there was a lot of um, grief last week, wasn't there for that Cody Rhodes uh, article that's been put out of which. Like the summary was ridiculous, um, you know. That Cody, I don't think he's a net negative to the shows, but I do think some of the criticism is true. He's a he's an odd odd character who seems to exist in his own world on these uh, mm. these dynamite shows. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because um, you know we've seen throughout all wrestling history, you know, Anthony Agogo seems to have the same character that sort of like Martin Stones had on NXT and things like that. You know, where he's like the oh, I'm I'm odd and I'm British and all this and draped in the Union Jack and that. But I do find it quite funny. I, you know, as much as it's not original or anything, I find I feel like he's doing pretty well as as the character because obviously. I mean, he's not a huge name over here, is he? But he certainly got a lot of, um, you know, press for his, his Olympic shenanigans and the boxing ring and things like that. And he certainly appeared on, like, Question of Sport and been on Sky Sports and things like that quite often. So well, so he is, he is, you know, a fairly decent-sized name over here. But I think he's been pretty decent so far in his, in his few appearances um, for AEW. Yeah, that's true. And he's, like... Again, I think I worry for the match itself. Like, I, mm. I, I, he's just you know, unless he's been killing it, you know, in the in the Nightmare Factory training, and he's showing all of this potential. I, I don't know. I'm saying that Cody, Cody did have you know that Shaq match was particularly entertaining with a non wrestler. I don't know if you you could probably count Anthony Gogo as like a, a non wrestler at this point, but yeah, it's it's it, it's interesting is probably the word for it because you know Gogo like is. Like I say, he's been pretty good as far as a promo goes, you know, boasting about his uh, his subway sponsorships and the like. And, <laughs> uh, you know, on, on Twitter, having a go at uh, people asking about video games. And I think the quote was something <laughs> like, I don't play Game Boy, which is the type of thing, you, you know, you, it's like your mum calling everything a Game Boy, even though, you know, there's been uh, many other systems coming out in the 30 years since. Uh, I quite enjoyed that. I'm doing like that, that jock character. Um, it's a surprising direction, especially like the pay-per-view, you, you would think, 
Cabin Cody could do with having a, a big match because there really isn't any big singles matches on this pay-per-view for my money. Um, but maybe yeah, they go in that direction. I think it's going to be a, a big spectacle. It gets over someone new in a go-go, and yeah, maybe potentially, you know, if we ever get a, a copper box or, or similar show from AEW, it means you can you can put him near the top of the card. Maybe it's a, a long-term plan in that vein. I think um, I think JP nailed it on um, on the spotlight show on Monday, though. I think he has to, you know, a go-go has to sort of like just smash through him, basically, doesn't he? You know, because obviously I think he has been training to be a wrestler for quite a while. He seemed to sign for AEW ages ago, didn't he? And we never really heard much about him until sort of like he mm-hmm. suddenly appeared on commentary. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I think he has to sort of like, you know, make short work of him. And, and, and that would really get him over, wouldn't he? Sort of like taking out sort of like a big star like Cody in his first proper match. Oh, yeah. And I, I mean, I know Cody was supposed to be the babyface, but he cut that promo. And maybe maybe I'm a little patriotic, Martin, because, you know, I, I was just watching it thinking, yeah, I would love <laughs> Anthony Gogo to come out here and punch you in the gut right now. So there you go. Maybe he taught me into, <laughs> into the building there with his uh, self-indulgent nonsense. But yeah, I think that's maybe that's the way it goes. And yeah, Cody goes off uh, maternity leave, obviously with Brandy uh, due soon enough. And it is a way of getting like a... a you know, a new, not a monster, but you know what I mean? Like a, a guy like that, a killer, like an, an Anthony Gogo over. So yeah, it's a, yeah, it's quite, because they got him there. You got Pac in the, um, in the world title three way as well. Um, clearly putting some uh, emphasis on the, uh, the British guys on it on AW at the minute. Um, just last thing on this. Um, do you think a Gogo can be used to sort of like raise AW's profile over here a bit more? Obviously we talked about him being a former Olympic boxer and he does have some cachet don't he? he was on sky sports talking about AEW earlier this week it was it was funny when he was on question mm. of sport on that time that i watched it and i think he had just signed with AEW and they didn't bring it up once so there is a, there's always <laughs> going to be that but um, you know some mainstream platforms aren't going to really want to talk about wrestling yeah, that is an issue, isn't it? It's like when um, when Shaq was promoting that Cody match and barely, well, I say promoting, barely even mentioned it. On a, I don't think even I remember uh, Gareth being a hot, being hot on that that he didn't tweet about it once. You know, in in Shaq's real world, AW wrestling was a uh, not a very interesting thing. But I could see that. I could think if he does another like big media tour for say a, a big match, I think he could he could talk it up a storm. And he's a he is a known name. You know, if I. My stepdad will ask me sometimes, oh, well, what, are, you watch, are you still doing that podcast and stuff? And like, if wrestling comes up, he's a boxing fan. So I'll mention Anthony Agogo as like a, mm. a name that he'd know. And he is a, no, he's not the biggest name in the world. Is he don't, you know, the Americans and Canadians should get it twisted. I know he, he pushed his subway sponsorship and the like, but it's, you know, it's not like he's Frank Bruno in his prime or anything. Mm. Um, there is a, there's a level to this. Um, but yeah, he certainly, I mean, he offers more than, you know, other than Pac, you know, the other Brits have, have offered AW. I think they've had a, a spot, spotty history with, you know, some of the uh, the absolute shite they've used from uh, <laughs> from our side of the world in, uh, in in Jimmy Havoc and to a lesser extent uh, poor Kip Sabian who's just uh, never really uh, made uh, any impact on the on the TV over there. So yeah, it's he's someone who's worth getting behind and someone who yeah might give you a little bit of that that crossover um, support and a little bit of that extra publicity again if you uh, do decide to uh, to come over here and uh, and do a bit more than than what they've been doing so far. You know, some of that might depend on getting a a better TV deal or at least the TV deal where, you know, ITV is great, but you know, you also need them to promote it and you also need them mm. to believe in it, which, you know, the pay-per-views disappearing and the like, uh, 
it probably tells you they, they don't particularly believe in AEW as a product. But yeah, I would I would expect now that the uh, the world is getting a little bit more normal now. You know, Tony Khan's still got you know plenty of uh, investment in it in our side of the world, despite uh, Fulham getting relegated. <laughs> um, he's a uh, he's not he's about as uh, unpopular with the Fulham fans as he is uh, popular with wrestling fans at the minute. Uh, Tony Khan and his uh, football manager save that is uh, him as the director of football over at Fulham. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I say, he's got a got a lot of investment over in our side of the world. So maybe yeah, now the world's back to normal. It'll be uh, making a, a bit more of a, a focus uh, on us and uh, and Europe in general. Yeah, because I think it's like you say there. I think a go-go would sort of like legitimize it a bit more, wouldn't it? Sort of like um, you know, people in the street or say the likes of your sort of like stepdad who maybe not watch wrestling, but they'll certainly get an interest in you know a big event over here featuring him on it. So it will be interesting to see you know where he goes from there. But um, obviously, since the last time we recorded together, uh, Will Ospreay has become IWGP Heavyweight Champion and had a had a match of the year candidate. Uh, candidate rather on May the 4th with Shingo Takagi I mean these two obviously aren't strangers to each other aren't they having that best of the super juniors match the other year but must say I watched this spoiled and heard all the buzz and you know when you hear the buzz about something and then it never quite lives up to the hype but this one more than did I was really unsure with the length especially but absolutely brilliant match I mean it's been talked ad nauseum on podcasts for the past two weeks but these two just perfect opponents for each other, I feel, Benno. I feel, you know, they had that mm. mixed up with the uh, match previous to this one, but I think these two can go on and on and have, um, and have even better matches than this. Yeah, that's it. I, th- I, I think I agree with you there because it's weird. Like, a lot of the unbelievable praise coming out of this it was like i almost felt like i needed to get swept along with it i felt like you know uh, you know i've seen people give five stars to to shingo and osprey and people are highly respective of five stars and you know the average on grapple is trending towards that point as well but for me it was like i went four and a half on it and to be honest i almost feel like i was i don't know going with the crowd for that i think for me it was more of a 4.25 star match um, I might get pelters for that, to be honest, because, you know, that, that sounds bad, but it's still, you know, I really enjoyed the match. I just think, as you've kind of said there, at the end there, I think they've still got better in them, which might be a scary prospect. Maybe that explains why Meltzer gave it six stars. Um, <laughs> you know, there's always, you can, maybe, maybe there's something in that uh, that idea that uh, <laughs> your scale should go all the, all the way up like uh, like Big Dave has done. Um, although, yeah, I don't like Gareth Amy say that. But yeah, <laughs> I think it's, it was great. It was just, I think it was a my only criticism of it was that it went too long for me, and I understand why. You know, uh, it went forty odd minutes, and let's be honest, you know, there's not much else going on on these New Japan shows at the moment, especially with the uh, the COVID outbreaks that they've had. You know, there was nothing um, in the undercard of this show, and really, you couldn't have done this match without it going forty five minutes or, or, or however long it went, because otherwise, yeah, I think the the fans might have felt a little bit shortchanged. I think they filled, you know, those 45 minutes pretty well. I think they kept the pace going um, for it in a way that should absolutely commend, be commended. They also did it in a way where, you know, there weren't exactly, in fact, there weren't any, you know, big near falls with with big finishes. It was, you know, uh, they protected, you know, their, their big moves until right at the, uh, the very end of the match. So, yeah, I, th- I think it was as good as it could be in that scenario and for some people that meant it was five stars but for me it was kind of like ah still it's like uh, it was a bit long and still the clap crowd i don't know how you mm. feel about it martin you know we've all gotten used to it now but it does takes a little bit of a notch out of it for me so maybe that's why i you know wouldn't go as far as to say it was a a perfect match like uh like some other people have said but you know clearly you know these two have got such unbelievable chemistry shingo feels like 
almost the Jerry Lynn to uh, to Osprey's Rob Van Dam, where mm. he's always the other guy in these matches. He never wins, <laughs> but he's you know he's Os- he's clearly Osprey's best opponent. Um, and you would actually like to see that probably you know see maybe once Osprey does drop the title, if you know Shingo gets a, a couple of wins to make this more of a a proper you know long term feud. But um, yeah, there's you know Shingo's been one of the best wrestlers in the world for a, a very very long time and you know Osprey has been been trending that way too so yeah again doesn't surprise me people went that high on it but yeah for me I think there's even even better stuff to come out of the two. yeah I, th- I think I'm slightly higher on it than you but I, th- I think for all the elements of it sort of like being you know a five-star match if that if that's your thing um rain star ratings it has to, you know, you you it had to be out outside of COVID with a full crowd going crazy, didn't it? And you know, and what maybe watching it live, you know, as it was happening on the TV or whatever, you know, it's all those elements that bring it together, doesn't it? And then watching it spoiled and maybe hearing all the hype behind it is never gonna, it's always gonna sully your opinion on it, isn't it? But um, I suppose moving away from the match, I mean, just in general, what what about Osprey's title win in general? I mean, it seems very flat, doesn't it? Um, I mean, sure, we'll get bangers of matches like like the one against Shingo. But as far as interest, it, it just seems to be fairly muted, doesn't it? I mean, obviously, a lot of yeah. people, understandably, won't want to watch him because of speaking out and the whole you know Pollyanna situation. But other than that, maybe because of his character and the fact it seems very forced, you know, this playboy British man, it seems you know it doesn't seem to be quite clicking for him, does it? Yeah, and, that, and obviously, uh, if the for the real life stuff means you know you you, you don't want to watch Osprey, that's understandable, you know but with your, your wallet, it's something we're probably going to say later when we get into a, another conversation. Um, but also, I don't think New Japan have made it easy on themselves. You know, I don't think we've had the chance, have we, to talk about the whole, you know, at least me and you, the, the B Priestley stuff that they mm. did, you know, with that, that, that angle being particularly tasteless um, you know, as a way to, to write B out, which just added to the the understandable negativity uh, around Osprey, at least with fans in a lot of fans, maybe not all uh, in our part of the world. Um, and then, yeah, it's just a, it's a, it is, it's a bad, it's a bad time to be champion. You know, I've, it's, you know, the lowest points as far as interest goes for, for new Japan, for me personally, in a, in a good while, I think, mo- I think that feeling is reflected reflected a lot in at least in you know we can only rate up for the western world and our, our bubble within it but it does feel like you know most of the podcasts i listen to the cover new japan are uh, probably the least interest that they've been in a while and you know part of it's the pandemic you know that they can't bring in you know maybe more interest and wrestlers to shuffle up the roster but a lot of it is yet yeah, a lot of the shows are quite boring and that's it's just an endless parade of of multi-man tags and while i think that's a negative to Osprey, and it makes it feel like he's on top at a down period. Like he feels like, well, Kevin Nash in 1995 or something. Yeah, that's um, exactly what I was just thinking about. <laughs> <you know? laughs> the one thing I would say though is that he's also been largely the highlight of any shows I've watched. Um, you know, I don't, I don't hugely, you know, love the 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 the, the Kingdom stable. I just don't think it. The British Empire stable. I just think it's just a weird kind of odd hodgepodge of of guys but yeah they when don't they really go seem up to there. gel that well together do they all of them no, it that's seems it. like they've thrown them into the pot mixed them up and hoped that it had worked and obviously Cobb's doing you know better than he's ever done but as a group yeah. they don't really seem to gel that well together do they and they're all quite dull I think as well behind you know as mm. far as personalities go behind Osprey I know there's there's some great Okan truthers out there but I I, I don't see it you know it's big main event <laughs> potentially in him that some do I don't see it one bit um and yeah you know there is that but 
I would say as far as matches go, they've had some, as far as the multi-man matches on the undercards go, they have had some fun multi-man matches. I think Osprey, despite this presentation, has had good matches. And I say that because I feel like his best stuff has been where you kind of forget that he's the heel. Um, Because I don't think this heel character, like I said, with the B Priestley stuff and just in general, is really the, the premium use of Osprey. If anything, I feel like this is a very it's a very ghetto thing to do. I think he's getting his first title reign now. He's probably going to lose this belt to Okada at some point soon, whenever they can get that um, show rescheduled. And then, you know, maybe next year at some point, or even the year after, as a babyface, he gets his real top guy run. Because, yeah, while he's been trying to do this London gangster or whatever gimmick he's, he's trying to get over and trying to get this pretty dull collection of dudes stable over it's not really him is it because he's at his best when he's in these matches just killing it like with a shingo and you know you're, you're not worried about heel work or him mm. potentially particularly being the bad guy he's just going out there and going a million moves a minute and and killing it out there and i think that's always better suited to be in the uh, the baby face in the situation so yeah well it's you know obviously a show of uh, how much in Japan think of him putting him in this role. It's it's come at a bad time. I don't think the execution's all been perfect. And yeah, I, I kind of hope you know for for his sake that yeah they uh, they do things a, a little bit differently going forward. And yeah, maybe maybe this isn't the uh, defining Osprey top guy running New Japan. It's uh, more of a test than it. I also think with these things, nothing can say red hot forever, can it? You know what I mean? They're all going to be dips and lulls. Like your favorite band ain't going to put out a banger of an album every time. And it's like you say, there are so many things coming up. And it also can be burnout. You know, you're seeing the same guys and things like that. So it's always it's always going to happen in any in, in any sort of like form of art and entertainment, isn't it? So, um, mm. but yeah, what do you see as this sort of like future? You see, do you see him like dropping it to Okada like this year or wait until next year? I think so. Yeah, I think that's what this, you know, the what the dome show they were planning to do in June. You know, that, that match they've had building up was gonna be, um, and then yeah, maybe you get a a rematch at a proper dome show, say next January, or mm. they get you know rematches after that. It just feels yeah very ghetto to do it. You know, he's done it over time with Naito, with Evil, with lots of guys. You know, that is that establishing first Jay White. You know, that establishing first big title run um, to kind of say okay. This is what he's one of the big boys now. And then the real, you know, long term title run is probably further down the line. I think that's probably uh, the plan with Osprey there. So, yeah, I would, uh, I wouldn't say this is, you know, the end of Osprey as a top guy, but I think, yeah, his, uh, his title run feels to me like one of those that's going to be short lived. Yeah, and like you say, I think he'll sort of like get it back, sort of like, and have it have a few runs with it, won't he? So, um, but yeah, uh, moving on to sort of like our, because uh, I think a few things of interest have happened in our very own brand this past month or so, NXT UK. Um, what, I, what, what I did want to quickly mention was uh, the uh, Aoife Valkyrie against Miko Satamora match from a couple of weeks ago. I was always high on Valkyrie in OTT. I thought her and Debbie Kaitel were great together and she always was great in the video packages they did promoting matches and certainly our reactions to the comeback of Katie Harvey at that OTT show was brilliant. I always thought she was pretty decent in the ring. And um, I feel like she's sort of been lost in the shuffle. Well, you could say that about a lot of people in NXT UK. Um, I really enjoyed this match. I thought the two worked really well together. And obviously, Miko is never going to have um, never going to have that bad of a match, um, you know, despite the sort of like stuff we were seeing in Fight Club Pro and Progress. But um, 
I mean, I know you've not really had a chance to check this out, but um, I thought it was certainly, if you, you know, you're dipping in and out of NXT UK, and I don't blame you, but that's certainly one that um, stands out from this year um, of the few matches, the handful of matches that you we were checking out from NXT UK. I don't know if you had a chance to watch it, but no. Yeah, I watched it today, right before we recorded, just because you mentioned you'd uh, you'd seen it, and yeah, it was you know, it felt a little bit like I, I wouldn't say a squash, uh, it, it was, but it was one sided. Um, it felt like a definitive Miko run, uh, a, a win. Um, yeah, and you know, it's it's Miko Setamora <laughs> in any setting, isn't it? It's always gonna you know have a have a as far as a you know a ceiling goes, a, a high one. Um, as far as a, a floor, you know, as a floor goes too, it's it's one of them. Um, I think she's all she's always gonna gonna deliver, and she's by far. The, the most interesting thing uh, going over, over there in the their NXT UK Women's Division. I I gave it three and a half as far as you know a match goes. Just a, a fun you know ten minute match on a on an NXT UK TV taping. I, I didn't have a huge amount more of a take than that though. As far as other stuff goes, uh, Kenny Williams beat Amir Jordan in a loser leaves NXT UK. I mean these two would been teaming and Kenny picked up the win. I mean, meaning I mean, Jordan is seemingly out of the company. I mean, whether that makes him a loser or not, all depends on how much you like uh, NXT UK. And um, rather than that, it seems to be they're all about factions now. Eddie Dennis has got mm. new factions, Symbiosis, uh, Mark Andrews, Flash Morgan Webster, and Danny Luna as subculture. And um, it just seems like they're all sort of like, you know, sadly Gallus is still in there. It just seems like they seem to be forming a bunch of factions here. I mean, did you see the symbiosis video? I mean, it's awful like something out of a really bad horror film, but it just seems like they're going with factions now. And Eddie Dennis just seems to be a sort of mouthpiece of people these days. Yeah, that's it. It's it's weird, isn't it? Eddie Dennis's kind of career trajectory of you know becoming like this great heel promo guy that we saw in the in the dying days of you know what was progress um to kind of yeah more being a mouthpiece for i think lesser wrestlers in a primate and a and you know the likes of t-bone um yeah he's he's one of them isn't he? he's i think he's just meant for more interesting things than this scenario i think it's good that you know someone like him can give up his teaching and you know get this this you know dream of being a, a full-time wrestler whatever we think of nxt uk i mean you know, it, it goes to, you know, what you mentioned there about Amir Jordan. Amir Jordan, you know, was outright said, you know, he, he wouldn't, you know, wouldn't change his NXT UK experience for the world because they did. It allowed him to be a full-time wrestler. They were understanding about his injury issues, which I think is the reason he's uh, stepping aside for now. And, you know, that, I suppose that's the other side of it, isn't it? In a in a pandemic, you know, NXT UK, you know, as much as we have a lot of criticisms about it, um, it's given these guys a, a steady paycheck. But, yeah, as far as all like, the stable stuff, I can't say particularly uh, interest me too much. <laughs> I saw I saw the sight of uh, of um, Mark Andrews and uh, Flash Morgan Webster and what, what like a subway underground <laughs> station. I saw those uh, photos coming. Yeah, I think they're week. in Camden. Yeah. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Um. WH Park had the uh, the audacity to say that it, it looked like it was a lot of grapple. Um. That one there. That photo. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that, but uh, yeah, that's that's the other way they're going as well. Yeah. It's almost like yeah, stables are taking over the world. It's what it's what's happening at AEW. So mm. yeah, maybe they're they're trying to uh, copy it over on NXT UK. And um, sort of like moving on to Red Pro because we did talk about Red Pro wedding back on the road last time uh, we were both on the show together, and the. Seems to be an announcement from MLW saying that they're forming a partnership with Dragon Gate and Red Pro. You know, the idea is to put um, big title fights from around the world with cross-promotional matches. And um, 
I mean, is this uh, just MLW's way of getting Osprey on the show, Benno? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. yeah. It's caught power, in it? You never know. He's always working. Uh, <laughs> if anyone <laughs> heard his, uh, his interview with, uh, with John Pollock on uh, on post, which I would highly recommend uh, <laughs> you do hear uh, a fair amount of, uh, you know, um, positive talk but about MLW. But yeah, some, sometimes you listen to him and you just think, yep, that, that is a wrestling promoter right there. <laughs> um, <laughs> especially know, with who, put those, who put those WWE rooms out there, Kurt? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, weird the way that yeah, just turns up randomly. <laughs> yeah, an anonymous source at, at MLW giving Big Dave all these uh, these scoops. But yeah, I I, I laughed when it because I watch I've been watching MLW and I watched that uh, that episode as it happened on YouTube and it was quite funny. Um, hearing uh, Alicia Atout uh, refer to Andy Kildan, uh, which I think we worked out was Andy Quilden uh, <laughs> <laughs> being part of like their matchmaking thing, and it does feel like it. Yeah, it's just it's him. Uh, they got it like I said, like you said, the individuals from uh, from Dragon Gate, and I think they've got some gonna have some other promotions involved as well as far as like their their championship com- committee goes. And it's you know clearly all all kayfabe, but like you say, there must be must be a reason behind it. They must be looking at some kind of a relationship. Um, you know, besides the fact that it, I don't know if you've ever noticed MLW and Red Pro seem to have the exact same graphics for all their matches. Like that's literally whatever. what I was about to say. It does seem like a match made <laughs> in heaven, doesn't it? They seem to you know, and then towards um the start of last year before the pandemic hit you know we were getting you know the likes of la park in um in red pro and it didn't very confusing like match made in heaven yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah you see like a graphic pop-up on your twitter timeline you're like filthy tom waller versus versus la park you're like uh, uh, oh wait that's not rev pro yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah maybe there's a, a relationship there as well but yeah it must be for a reason that you know they must be planning something whether it's bringing over a couple of rev pro guys whether it's you know andy quilden making use of, of more mlw guys you mentioned la park there i would love to see him back in the uk after that banger of a match he had with uh, with eddie kingston where they almost killed will cooling in the front row um that we were all at uh, at your call for uh, last year um and also yeah you know the likes of you know a filthy tom lawler i'm gonna with, say that's your dream yeah, isn't it? i mean you you've been you've been <laughs> recommending filthy tom lawler for red pro for years now and it looks like it seems finally like could be just seems like that kind of guy, doesn't he? Yeah. You know, he's a great promo. He's a you know he's a great worker. He's got a, a little bit of a fan base from his his pod, podcast work and the like. Like I think part of that comes from the fact that yeah he was in the UK for, at that point, wasn't he, for that little mini tour with PCW and. And unfortunately, Red Pro didn't get uh, any use of him that weekend, despite also running a sh- running a, a big York Hall show. So yeah, it's kind of been teased for a while. I think Wilden said outright that that's a that's a guy you would like to use. But yeah, you know, there's the there's the likes of him. There's you know the uh, there's some other guys on the roster who aren't quite uh, up to that standard. But you know, if it meant you know someone like a, a Leo Rush was uh, was coming over, you know, or some of the, you know the guys there from the the various stables they've got, you know, over on the uh, the MLW. So like the injustice stable um coming over there's a couple of guys uh within there i'd be particularly interested in, in seeing rev pro use uh, as much as i got a fill of uh jordan oliver at wrestlemania weekend i think he's a uh, you know a little as golden has talked about on his podcast and in, in twitter q a's it's probably a case of you're not getting one-offs with imports we might well just get relatively lower card guys like a jordan oliver and uh, not that he's been named or anything but you know that type of guy coming over and doing two months or something you know as far as like a little little red pro talks they have got a, a lot of dates and uh, coming up uh, later in the year so yeah if that happens if you know that aw potential relationship gets off the ground and you know they continue to to have that new japan relationship yeah if the if the board is ever open properly at some point there's some uh you know interesting drawing cards there for red pro that will again 
as has kind of been the history of Rev Pro, uh, will make them stand out. I think uh, above the pack of uh, very samey looking Brit Res cards we've got uh, uh, in this country. Yeah, because um, as much as sort of like cross-country uh, restrictions are ever-changing, I mean, there's talk of uh, some kind of traffic light system for uh, either Brits leaving or uh, sort of like foreigners coming into Britain, isn't there, you know, depending on how, you know, vaccinated your country is. But um, Andy Crowland did certainly talk about um, if, you know, they were using um, foreign talent, that they would have to come over here for sort of like a period of time. And that seemed perfect, yeah. you know, because... I mean, there's not a great deal going on in the US, isn't it? So, you know, why not get some of these US guys in to do totally. that, you know, for a month or so? Yeah, that's it. And, you know, you it's not just that, is it? You could even, if, again, maybe it's fantasy booking, but, you know, Tony Khan's been in, att- in attendance at Red Pro shows before. AD no, he was, a, he was a regular at the cockpit, weren't he, for a while? That's it, yeah. I think uh, JP and Joe both got uh, got selfies with him at various <laughs> points. Um, yeah, but he was... Uh, you know he's got that clearly got that relationship with Andy, and clearly AW have got a bunch of like you know you you watch their TV at the moment and it's it's going a mile a minute and they're packing loads of stuff into the main TV, but it feels like there's hundreds of guys on dark and dark elevation you know who could do with you know a little bit more seasoning you know the varsity blondes or you know a, even a JD Drake as experienced as he is you know isn't you know hugely getting used a lot you know even people who are featured on TV like a jungle boy or a you know a proud and powerful like those kind of guys wouldn't be a huge miss from a couple of months worth of dynamite tapings but imagine you know much better wrestlers they'd be if they came over here and lived here for a couple of months and you know got to you know just experience working in front of different types of crowds uh, not that you know maybe our in ringers in there up to the standards as it was in past years but you know there's still something to be said for for that kind of a tour you know daniel bryan always mentions how much of a better wrestler it made him just coming over here and working butlins as much as all of us might uh, (laughs) raise an eyebrow at that you know it's part of what makes a wrestler great working in different situations and different crowds so yeah you'd think that would be a match made in heaven and yeah if uh, they can make deals like that then you know that might make a rev pro a bit more of an appealing prospect yeah, and it doesn't have to be like, you know, as far as AEW TV goes, it doesn't have to be like, oh, they've just disappeared for two months. You know, they can show clips from Red Pro shows and go, oh, look, these guys are touring in the UK, similar to what sort of WCW did in the early 90s, where they'd be like, oh, look, blah, blah, I was over in Japan for this mm. tour and he wrestled this guy. And, you know, just show clips of it so then Red Pro aren't losing full matches. But then if you've got that relationship, yeah, that'd be certainly, and certainly with MLW as well. So it's certainly interesting to see if, any of these mm. things do come together, or whether, or whether we're just fantasy booking here. But um, I did want to uh, another main story. I did want to talk about on the show was um, the Guardian newspaper over in the UK did have a report um, at the end of April that BT Sport, which is obviously home to WWE programming over here, um, as well as allowing WWE to film NXT UK in their BT Sport studio, has been uh, talking with a, a number of companies apparently such as amazon and itv about selling their uh, sports business obviously bt is mainly a sort of like telecommunications thing when then bt sports um as, as you know a, a branch of, of the company so it seems like they're looking at, at selling selling that branch of it i mean what are your thoughts on this it, for me all it i mean all depends on how interested a buyer is in WWE. i mean i would have thought that any bt content comes as part of a sales package with whoever buying them you know, having to honour any contracts they've got with the likes of WWE and maybe the Champions League football and that. But, um, mm. I mean, it, it, the con- interesting conversation is when these contracts are up, though, I mean, where will NXT UK film their TV? 
what TV channel is going to want to pick up WWE and Raw and the like. I mean, it was hardly a feeding frenzy once Sky dropped them, was it? Yeah, that's it. I think it's it might well come back to haunt <laughs> WWE. You know, the whole you know the the last Sky deal they they negotiated, which was cloak and dagger because they negotiated it at the time. You know, they clearly had plans to launch WWE Network in this country. Didn't really, you know, disclose that to Sky. Sky offered them a boatload of money. And then the network came and, you know, killed off any potential of, you know, people in this country buying pay-per-views on Skybox office. Because why would you, you know, when you've got Michael Cole shouting you on TV about the fact you can get the network for $9.99. Yeah. Um, and that led to, yeah, that that long, long, long-term relationship uh, ending. And, you know, BT Sport offered some money um, for, for WWE, but I don't think it's, uh, you know, the fact that WWE haven't been shouting from the rooftops, you know, uh, the, the financial uh, benefits of that deal probably tells you it was a, a worse deal than they had uh, with Sky. And then, yeah, if BT goes under or is sold, I know there was there was talk, wasn't there, at one point about ITV taking um, taking over BT. I think they've withdrawn their interest, although over the last week, I think it was actually yesterday, the, the Premier League um, managed to sneakily uh, renew their deals with Amazon, Sky and BT Sport. So, you know, BT Sport is still going to be a, a place where you can watch Premier League football going forward. So maybe that will uh, attract more suitors but yeah like you said from our point of view the question becomes yeah you know does it doesn't you buy want to continue on the, the wwe relationship it's not exactly something that's that's front of house as far as you know and bt have been floating a potential sale as as you know one of the things that could be be taken over by other by another company um so yeah you know it's probably not going to be a priority is it uh so yeah i don't think wwe would be up shit's creek without a paddle without bt sports because yeah you'd end up having to take a probably an even lesser deal you know with some other broadcaster because yeah i don't think i can't see them going back to sky unless those those wounds have uh, been particularly healed and yeah i think there's every chance that whoever whoever ends up taking over bt sport might not want to bother um with that wrestling crap like i've got to be honest like i i do watch you know if i if i watch WWE content i do watch it on bt sport when i remember i've got it and um, i've got the uh, <laughs> i've got the app and every now and then i'll just forget you know out of like just i don't know out of uh, being a wrestling fan for a long time i'll i'll end up watching smackdown via other methods and then halfway through realize oh yeah you could be watching this on bt sport or <laughs> nxt uk you know it's... half an hour looking for a stream and then you're like yeah, oh, yeah, I've, yeah. Got this for, uh, I've actually got reason. it yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's weird because yeah nxt uk has always been in a weird space hasn't it because like that's the british wwe product like and yeah they got this weird competing thing with uh, them having you know the it, it on the network and you know not live you know it's not like you know eight o'clock before we started recording tonight it goes live on bt sport which you'd think would be the uh, the spot for it um it's kind of yeah buried away on the network so yeah it's a, it's a strange relationship really where it's almost it's just extra content for a bt um but it's not really their priority and yeah without them um i'd wonder what uh, what wwe do in the uk yeah, do you mean, obviously, you know, that was a big injection for NXT UK getting, you know, you know, to film in BT Studio and, and things like that. I mean, where do you where do you think the future goes through? I mean, if an Amazon sort of like pick it up and they go, yeah, we'll have Raw and SmackDown and things like that on there. And then maybe mm. we see the network going the way that it has in America, you know, over here in the UK, do you think sort of like uh, an NXT UK gets lost in the shuffle more so than it already does do? I think that's almost certainly what WWE be looking for. They'll be like, you know, if if all else fails, that's what they'll want. Maybe, maybe yeah, maybe you know, the wounds can be healed with Sky. 
and they sell it like they've done with Peacock in the US. I know, um, you know, that's something people have uh, speculated about happening. And yeah, obviously that's where, you know, guaranteed money rights, that's what WWE are after at the minute, aren't they? So maybe, yeah, they could sell the network wholesale and you just take everything with it. Um, if that happens, you know, I, it's NXT UK, Martin. Do, do any of us doubt that it's just going to continue to, to stumble <laughs> on no matter what? Like, it probably, by all rights, the pandemic should have killed it off. Um, but yet they came back with these uh, empty arena BT Sports studio. Uh, and saying that, you know, gave us a, a match of the year um, last mm. year. But, you know, overall, I've given a, a pretty pretty drab feel and product. But, you know, there's clearly still a will to, to continue it on, despite the fact that ITV World of Sport died, what, three or four years ago at this point. Uh, and there's no real reason. Um, for it to continue to exist in the WWE side. Yeah, I think I'm, as a better man, I don't think I'd ever, ever bet against the, the possibility of a NXT UK continuing on in some form. I don't think that thing's ever going to die, mate. Hmm. Yeah, it'll certainly be an interesting story to keep up with, especially this BT Sports sale and see where um, all the pieces um, that they've got sports-wise do end up. But um, moving on to um, sort of like a WWE-affiliated promotion and uh, Progress, because a, a few Progress shows I've heard since we, we last recorded and they've currently got a tag team tournament ongoing with teams such as Lycos Gym and Sunshine Machine, the Young Guns. Um, Kanji and Dichelle still are in the middle of a best-of-three series to determine the new Progress Women's Champion. And um, we both watched the, the latest at time of recording, Chapter 110 skeleton head, which was headlined by match two between Kanji and Dichelle. So, and um, just some general thoughts on the show. I thought it was interesting, like Karanawa seems to have been sort of forgotten about, doesn't he? He's their world champion, but it was sort of like a pretty forgotten about match and sort of like he doesn't seem to be any big programs. The main focus does, does seem to be the women's title and this tag team tournament of, of, of currently, doesn't it? Mm, yeah it's weird because that they're doing this and obviously you know red pro have got her tournaments and uh and pretend and stuff like that going on too and yeah and you know they got their their stuff um it's strange i think yeah and i would say you know if i was progress what i'd be concentrating on and i've got plenty of it won't surprise you know i've got lots of negative to say about this show but i've got some positive <laughs> to say about it as well if i was if i if i was to be positive i'd just Ethan Allen and Luke Jacobs just having them smash every bloody team. <laughs> and obviously the semi-final was on this last show. And yeah, maybe that's something different you can offer, you know, as a, as far as like a promotion, you know, the the singles division, as you mentioned with the Cara Noir stuff, isn't ex- exactly up to a whole lot. Um, so maybe you could do something different with, you know, th- those two, those are the two guys who aren't, you know, exactly, I would say like, ready to be top singles guys or or anything like that but you know as far as a, a tag team act i think that's where the money is with them at the moment as, as young wrestlers so i'd push that to be honest because that was my highlight of this show you know i, I really really enjoyed um ethan Arnold and luke jacobs against chuck mambo and tk cooper for especially for a match you know mm-hmm. within this pretty drab progress setting um with some of the worst commentary you will ever hear and i'll yeah, I'll, uh, I'll i'll go into that in a minute what do you mean well. better it's great it's fantastic oh that's a wrestling move whoa 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 <laughs> wow oh oh my god yeah someone does a suplex and it's like someone got thrown over the, off the, t- the top of hell in a cell it's, it's absolutely appalling um and, and, and every I'm... match is the biggest match in the world it's like you know <sighs> sort of like you know lennox lewis against bruno at wembley it's the biggest ever thing ever 
it's like they've never seen wrestling before. And the worst thing about that is it's two wrestlers. <laughs> like it's just like like oh my god, oh suplex, oh wow. And it is. It's like the call in Mick Foley getting it's getting sold off, thrown off the hell in a cell for the the devastation and the most amazing thing they've ever seen. And it will be like really rudimentary things. And that might not sound like the biggest criticism in the world, but when they're doing it for two hours <laughs> of a wrestling show, mm. fuck me, does it make like hard listening? But you know, I, I would I would say that you know they didn't particularly, um, you know, I, I managed to tune them out uh, for that tag match because, yeah, I thought um, Ethan and Luke Jacobs were, were great um, in that match. I thought Chuck Mambo and TK Cooper were, were really good as a, as a team in that match too. And it was just, it was a very, you know, stiff, maybe basic feeling tag match for the first half of it. It definitely seemed like Ethan Allen knocked out 2k cooper at one point um either that or 2k cooper did a really good selling job um either way it added to the the brutality of the match itself and they had you know they, i think they've had a you know andy ogden mentioned to me they've had a couple of uh bangers in the past as well these teams and they clearly you know had chemistry and it was lots of like innovative double teams in there they're an extremely fun finishing stretch and it really stood out to me as like a, a positive on a on a show full of you know lots of <laughs> lots of negatives um but yeah you know i call that a 3.75 star match which compared to some of the uh the two stars <laughs> tripe that was on the the rest of this show uh yeah it was a it was a real real high point for me but I, I, I didn't mind the uh, the main event. I, I enjoyed Kanji sort of like as a fucky underdog babyface when she was in Southside and Defiant and the like. And I, I thought it was pretty, pretty decent. I think, um, you know, certainly Giselle Shaw is sort of like um, one of the more accomplished female wrestlers out there. Yeah, yeah. And, in terms you know, of the indies, sorry, I'm not, I'm not obviously mm, not comparing it to Sasha. I was going to say, yeah. You know, and, you know, Kanji, somewhat, but, but this is, you know, where the, the show seems to have some crossover with you know what's happened in the last uh rev pro tapings i think both companies are trying to trying to you know put the best foot forward with it with a with a women women's division both promotions trying to headline shows um with their women's division with, with a lot of the similar names there as well um yeah i don't think i like this match as much as much as you did i did think it was just a match really maybe maybe i'd have my fill of uh two hours of uh of mm. progress commentary at this point from uh hustle malone and uh and charles crowley but it was fine, um, but it but it was unfortunately in the match for me where yeah the commentary commentary maybe hit its zenith because there was lit, this is you know there were literally moments in this match where it was like a couple of forearm exchanges and it was like we were in in the Tokyo Dome or watching an old Japan early nineties match with the uh, the way the commentary was uh, was trying to trying to put it over. Um, but yeah, they're doing a it's the best of three series, isn't it? And this was what was it match two of the yeah. of the three. Um, yeah, I just thought it was a solid three-star match um i mean i thought you mentioned that the car noir stuff there actually i did enjoy that as a semi-main event i thought as far as like you know doing something where you know i think it made logical sense having him come out there and you know have it be that okay this is a match where you know he's against malik who's you know not somebody who can be you know a championship contender at this point so it was more like a a squash match to get over, or like a jobber to the stars type match to get Cara Noir over. Um, but I did enjoy it, to be honest. I thought Malik looked great. He came out just house on fire, really. And it was almost like a five or six minute sprint with a lot of hard hitting stuff that, you know, put over Cara Noir as a, a bit of a killer um, at the end, as, you know, as far as um, 
was it the camel clutch, wasn't it? Um, you know, choking yeah. them out with that. Um, I, I actually really enjoyed that. I thought that was a, a nice little change of pace because it's not really like a progress got the big singles matches to put Karen in, you know, especially in this MC Arena era where it's the same wrestlers on every show and you can't bring in a, you know, a challenger from outside for, for Karen Noir. I thought that was a, a decent little uh, bit of business in the, uh, in the seven main events. Well, it is like, I mean, as far as sort of like, you know, the very depleted roster that they're currently working with, I mean, the big sort of matches when you built Luke Jacobs up to finally face him for the title, that is the, you know, that's the most interesting match they've got basically, isn't it, I think? I suppose, but like I said, I don't think he's ready for it, really. Mm. I think no, that's a... what I mean, sort of like after he's sort of like done a few more shows and things like that, maybe in the future, because it's like, say, who else is there to challenge really, Cora Noir? I mean, Luke Jacobs jumps out to everybody. I mean, we had waiting on on that previous show saying that he was the sure, only one yeah. that really jumped out to him as well. Yeah, that's it. You know, young Daniel Bryan vibes is what people, you know, tend to get with him. Um, but that just tells you about what these shows are, because, you know, mm-hmm. quite a su- surprise people, they're giving some some positives. But I think the uh, the overall negative of these shows is they just look like any Brit Res show. And like, not just yeah. any Brit Res show, but a Brit Res afternoon show. Like, that's what I would say. Like, they, these are, you look at the, you know, the roster up and down these cards and we talk about potential, you know, match for Karen Noir, G Money beating Eli- Elijah on this undercard, you know, as much as I like Spike Trevay, um, you know, him in there with Danny Black, maybe Spike Trevay is a, a guy you can go back to with a, with Karen Noir, but, you know, yeah, look at these shows and, you know, Warren Banks, a lot of, a lot's been put on his shoulder. He seems to be quite a, a featured singles guy out there with, you know, with Chris Ridgway on the show and Ridgway is one there really. I mean, I get it. If, if I was progress, I'd be, you know, he's someone who's something of a name you can use, and I'd, I'd probably have him high on the car, but I, I don't always find him the most compelling wrestler. But these are all no, yeah, he's in. never really done it for me, Ridgeway. I mean, I've, you no. know, I've, I've been seeing uh, some people I've are really seen, into him, aren't they? Yeah, that's what I mean. And he's not, he's not, I mean, he's good, but he, he's never mm. sort of like you know, when people talk about him, I just, I just don't see it. Lack of options, though, isn't it? Red Pro doing the same, despite the yeah. fact he burned them a million times in booking. You know, they're going back to Ridgeway as well, because as far as name goes, that's it. But yeah, these these cards just, they look like, a, you know, and I'd like to take credit for it, but it was Gareth from Grapple who said it. They they look like TNT afternoon shows from, from mm. 2020, you know, and TNT's not, on, exactly, yeah. not exactly the biggest promotion in the world, is it? And again, we're talking afternoon shows, not even the main shows. It's progress, the, the next generation. Um, and yeah, I suppose you can go in with, you can go in with or, you know the new class if you want to use uh say by the bell as your reference yeah. point Baywatch so you go nice, in yeah <laughs> there you go yeah yeah go in with like the, these low expectations but i don't think they even meet those low expectations these shows are just i, I really want to you know try and be fair and say okay when we get crowds back what what's progress going to look like then but like these shows right now are just you know i, I mentioned grapple before i put my grapple rating in i was the third person to rate Ethan Allen mm. Luke Jacobs against Chuck Mama and TK Cooper. You know, a couple of years ago, I would have been the at least the hundredth or something person. The interest just isn't there because they are, as we always say, drab shows in a, you know, in a black room with, of course, no atmosphere because there's there's no crowd there. You know, with body guy Roy Johnson doing an appalling Jim Smallman impression like i couldn't i can't skip soon enough whenever he comes on the screen asking me if i've got my popcorn you know going at home it's just <laughs> weird and yeah add on to it again i'm sorry we mentioned it a million times but these you know happy to be there and there's no better way for it. i'm sorry but mark commentators who sound like they've never seen a wrestler match before and are, are, are blown away by every little thing they see and just you know come across so so fakely positive about absolutely everything um and don't 
you know, seem to have any chemistry either um, between themselves, or at least any real feeling chemistry. You don't really get many real moments in this commentary. It just all sounds particularly fake. It's just, it's just a whirlwind of, of things that just make you think, if, I, if we weren't covering this for the podcast, Martin, would we be watching it? I don't think we would. Um, I, think, I think that's the, you know, the attitude most people have got. Like I say, that, you know, I looked on Grapple, and yeah, it was me and two other people who'd reviewed it, and one of them was Andy Ogden, who was also reviewing the show for his podcast. And <laughs> the other one was probably Ian Hamilton, who was reviewing yeah. it for bodydrop.com. Like, are there any, anyone left who's, who's watching this stuff who isn't a reviewer in some wall because like when live shows do come back i've got no doubt they'll probably get a few you know a few hundred maybe in sort of like one of the regular venues just you know the progress diehards that are still like oh it's still gonna but it's obviously that's been discussed ad nauseum it's not progress Mm. anymore any buzz they had is completely and utterly gone it's just like the scene has been so decimated and also you know all the trust has gone due to speaking out last summer and just this is what's left and it's just you try to watch the... We don't watch these shows. It's like when you think a film's going to be bad, you think, oh, well, perhaps this will be good. I don't watch these <laughs> shows thinking, oh, this, you know, I, I want to enjoy things about it, but mm. it's just so few and far between, isn't it? And especially that atmosphere and everything. It's, you know, I know we're stuck in a pandemic, but a load of promotions have shown, even Red Pro in that warehouse thing that they do their shows in, they've even shown how you can do it better with no... I mean, just the silence is just... It is. It, you're going back to, you know, first shows in the pandemic when people are trying to figure this stuff out and people have shown you how you can do this stuff. You know, maybe have someone banging on the mats or whatever. Yeah. You know, there are things you can do and just... just It's just... Oh, it's, it's like you say. I mean, it took me three sittings to watch this show. And, uh, like you said, I watched it's only it two, two hours, hours before the podcast, yeah. mate. I left it until the very last, the last window I had to watch this before we press record is when I watched this. So that tells you the two. And there, it's not like we're not saying there isn't talent there because obviously there is. You know, there are talented people there, but it's just they haven't had time to mature and build themselves up like you would have with other people. And it's just they're just being thrown into these positions and mm. hoping they can swim and they're just not doing are they certainly in this setting no that's it yeah and it's too much pressure to put on these these poor wrestlers i think you know it, it's too much pressure for a for a warren banks uh maybe i'd like to see a spike trevay step up more maybe i'd like to see tk cooper hit you know the potential that we all thought he had what four years ago at this point mm. um but you know as far as like the younger wrestlers go yeah that you know it's we can't expect Ethan Allen and Luke Jacobs to, to carry a wrestling promotion in 2021. And I think the thing progress are going to find is, I mean, we've said it before, they're buried, they're buried under the weight of, of what we all knew the previous progress to be. Yeah, that's the issue, you know, they, isn't it? They, they still call these shows chapters. They still come up with the terror. What's the next show? Something broken, sticking out a leg or something? Like, they're still trying to do like that hilarious jim smallman commentary like i say they've still got fucking body guy pretending he's jim smallman they've still got you know if, if those two comedies are doing anything it's a bad impression of of glenn joseph um they're still doing that they're buried under like the weight of what progress was like there's a point in the show where you know g money and elijah went out there and had a two-star match and then after it a promo video plays for walter and at first I was like, oh, hang on, is Walter coming in? And then it was just a promo for, for best of Walter on the WD network in front of like a rowdy crowd having these electric hard hitting matches. And it was like, you're not helping yourselves lads with these comparisons. Mm. And, you know, we, we can say, you know, yes, things will be different when it comes to, you know, if being in front of a live crowd. Cause I do think there will be a progress fan base, maybe not as big of one, but there will be one that will, will come out there and want to be positive and want these shows to be good and will these shows to be good. But even then, 
what is progress going to be offering that you can't see down the road at your local indie? Yeah. You know, I made the joke about TNT before, but, you know, same for you in Sheffield, Martin. You can probably see, like, two-thirds of these cards against each other on cheaper shows in your local Civic Hall or wherever. Yeah. What is what is progress as USP? Why why would you travel to Camden to see these wrestlers? You know, there's there's just nothing about it, is there? That would that would talk me into spending you know ninety pounds on a, on a train ticket like I used to a few years ago. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Is it? I think you've hit the nail firmly on the head there. You know, when we are going to talk a bit later about promotions, you know, restarting, and there are some issues with that. But it's like you say, like you're going to see all these guys on a show sort of like, you know, like say for half the price, you know, messing about going down to London, which is a pain in the arse, <laughs> you know, coming from Sheffield and Liverpool. And, and yeah, why would you do that? Because it is exactly the same show. There's no buzz. They've got no stories behind it. It doesn't, it's not unique from sort of like any other promotion around England, like it used to be. And it's, mm. it's just, that's it. Isn't it? And, and obviously, we're missing the big elephant in the room that they fucked off a load of the fan base with the whole Paul Robinson shenanigans. Yeah, there's that too. And you, you, you get with progress, you're waiting for the next, the next kickoff on. You know, they'll they'll tweet something stupid or they'll make a you know a bad decision like they they made multiple of during that whole um, the whole mm. shenanigans. So yeah, the the trust has gone too. You know, I, I, I don't get me wrong. I think there are still gonna be even if you go on. You know that their revamped fan group on facebook believe it or not there are still people out there drinking the progress kool-aid <laughs> but it's a smaller and smaller group to the point yeah, where yeah. like yeah do we have to do we you know we put progress on a pedestal don't we you know as far as shows we talk about on these sh shows we talk about on this podcast we talk about rev pro we talk about progress we kind of see them as that top level of indie but there's gonna come a point where you're gonna be like well what the rev pro offer that you know future shock don't or that tnt don't or that you know you know, say a breed or someone came back, you know, that they don't. Well, it's... no, Tidal in Leeds and then... Tidal, sort of like, that's um... the best example, yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, the, I, they're, they've got a real identity crisis, I think, and it, it comes back to that point, doesn't it, at the start of it, where it's like, you know, why does progress continue to exist? Is it is it just WWE Network content, you know? Is, is that is that real? We, we fill in the deal. Is that is that all it exists for at this point um, to fill whatever... You know, the weird as well, they're on like every two or three weeks on the network. There's not really mm, a there's no yeah, there's no release. rhyme or reason to the schedule. No, is there it? isn't. There isn't. And yeah, I suppose as WDB, if they don't make a deal out here for the network and you know, Peacock continues to be the priority, maybe it will, you know, quietly get, you know, pushed to the side and yeah, it, it won't actually go anywhere. Cause yeah, really right now feels like it's the only lifeblood of promotion, isn't it? That that, that it exists purely to put an extra couple of hours of stuff on uh, on Peacock on the WDB network. It would be interesting to see the streaming numbers for Progress. I mean, you imagine God, the numbers yeah. that Progress are doing. Imagine the numbers ICW are doing. <laughs> if more than 10 people are watching ICW on the WWE Network, I'll be amazed. And they probably <laughs> clicked on it by accident. Yeah. I mean, we talk about a promotion that hasn't got any buzz. I mean, bloody hell, ICW make Progress look like the biggest promotion <laughs> in the world. Do you ever see anything about I mean, I couldn't, I, I'd look at the latest lineup for their shows and like, there's literally, I don't barely recognize anybody on them i don't know what mm. that, that's obviously been depleted and like imagine that promotion who was doing the hydro and everything like a, a few years ago and now look at them but it's just insane isn't it to think about how far these promotions have fallen it's got to be in the low hundreds like you look at like you know rev pro maybe that's maybe that's being harsh but you look at rev pro on youtube and switch and you know they do a, you know they do a couple of hundred maybe um as far as these shows go that are very similar on lineup to progress 
progress around the WWE network, which, you know, is available worldwide, available on Peacock, and by rights, you would think it's that there's therefore a shot window there and that you'd have more people than ever watching it, but I bet you they're not doing anything near what they were doing, just on progress on demand in the, in the peak. And yeah, it's probably just uh, a few hundred people maybe who just, yeah, maybe take the, uh, oh, I'll have a little look, oh, there's this new show on the network and they watch half an hour of it and I, I don't know, I can't see anything on these shows that would, aside from maybe the couple of matches we mentioned there, would would make you come back. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe for all we know, Mark, maybe at yeah, those best of best of compilations which is a you know a few of them now the Walter one the british strong style one maybe maybe that's worthwhile enough for uh, for wwe maybe that maybe they do better maybe people do go and dig and and want to see what you know some of those guys were doing uh, back in their indie days because other than that yeah i don't really know what progress offers you know people who are like jeff jaron kashida wrestled in scotland what <laughs> <laughs> that's us isn't it yeah. i still can't believe that's real <laughs> well as well as yeah moving on from that um because obviously on last month's show um you know, we talked the APPG report about wrestling in length, and I know you had some thoughts that um, that you wanted to discuss about um, about your thoughts on the report. And then the following on from the show, they obviously brought it up in uh, Parliament as well, didn't they? It did, yeah. It was a. It's weird. I was watching. Um, what was I watching? Match of the day, top uh, ten on uh, on the iPlayer the other day. Um, I, and uh, this will link to a conversation we had on Grapple. I was watching it in the bath, Martin. I'll just throw that out there. I had, uh, I had my little uh, my laptop going at the side. And I was watching it, so you can't like when something finishes. I'm like, oh, I don't want to get out and change change mm. the uh, the change what I'm watching next. And match of the day top ten finished. Then it automatically started playing me like footage from the Houses of Parliament and I was like the iPlayer thinks I'm interested in stuff from the Houses of Parliament now because <laughs> I watched the, the APPG report on uh, on WWE Network. I have to do something about that, uh, that algorithm but yeah I mean I, I would say like again I, I was sad to miss the show uh, last time just being busy with WrestleMania weekend um, stuff but again did an incredible job mate. I thought Will was great. I thought you know Alex Davis Jones was, was pretty transparent and I thought you know Alan Collins was unbelievable like you know his his background and his you know take on things you know being someone who's dealt with you know other sports and you know maybe doesn't see wrestling as a as special as some of the rest of us do um was really really worthwhile stuff for people haven't gone back and interested and listened to it you know there's a point where you guys were talking about dbs checks and you know we you know made clear about you know people think about them as this magic answer and you know they're they're necessary but you know unless uh, someone's been convicted they're not particularly going to be the most helpful thing i was listening to that and i'm very much nodding along uh, with my um quote unquote shoot job being very much in that world too um but yeah you know i listened to it and i think my initial response to the apvg reports you know it came out the worst possible time wrestlemania weekend it was like a, mm. a week later that i managed to sit down and read it 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 was you want to be positive about it because it's a, it's a good first step and i think you guys you know did a particularly good job of of outlining that but I think when when this thing, you know, made it to Parliament and, you know, all of what, two people were in the room um, and they spend yeah. half of it going on about SummerSlam 92 or something or did, what was it, Ultimate Warrior or Match of Man Ready Savage or somebody got name dropped and it was just, it was a bit of a farce, really. Yeah, it was treated like a joke, wasn't it? Like most wrestling yeah. things are. It, it just made me realise, like, I don't think... I'm a pessimist here, but I, I don't think much good's going to come out of it. I really... I just think it's... It's too sprawling. It's too big a problem. Um, the report needed an editor. 
it needed. And I know, uh, you know, absolutely, I know this is this is just what these types of reports look like. They're going to be, you know, deal with them again in a real real job. They're going to be sprawling. They're going to try and cover every avenue. But it tried to cover too much, and it felt like they got worked in certain instances by different wrestling companies with grudges against each other and grudges against Twitter and grudges against fans. And, you know, there was all kinds of pot shots, I thought, within the report that just shouldn't have been there in a final draft. But the biggest thing was, yeah, that it was so sprawling that I just think anyone who reads that's just going to leave it in the too hard to do pile. I just think it's it, it too, there's too much that needs doing for an industry that can't police itself and an industry where you would need probably decades of reform to get anywhere near resolving all of the issues that came in the report. And I just came out of it and I came out of that, you know, again, it, you know, the BBC Parliament bit, just thinking, really what at this point i think we just need to concentrate on what we can actually do i think what we can actually do and one big positive coming out of the report was you know treating wrestling shows as entertainment and treating training schools as sport for me the headline that should be in this report and i get there's a whole load of other issues coming out of speaking out to do with wrestler safety and the like the headline is about the schools it is about yeah. stopping you know bumfuck indie being able to set up a wrestling school and have you know 25 year old you know insert you know accused wrestler here being able to train with you know 14 year old kids and 15 year old kids and younger and um, without any kind of you know or even take those classes you know and be head training for the day because they're the one who happened to turn up that day that happens in all schools across the country it happened in schools when i was training too the fact that that can still happen uh, and it's not dealt with like, you know, any, and I mean, any other sport would deal with, with such a matter is an absolute joke. And that's the biggest gap we've got in this country. And I think, to be honest, that's the easiest thing you can put right. I know there's issues with, you know, the British judo not wanting to get involved and, you know, British amateur wrestling not wanting to get involved. But there's surely got to be an avenue where, you know, people can take this away and can, you know, whether it's the politicians or whoever, have some kind of system where, yeah, if you want to train kids who are under 18, you have to pass, you know, again, I mentioned before, DBS checks aren't the, the be all end all, but, you know, pass, you know, an enhanced DBS check because you are working with children and, you know, one would be valid for that. You would be able to get that and potentially, you know, in, in that case, non-conviction information would be able to be displayed on that DBS check and it might well stop, you know, somebody who's got nefarious um, ideas from from working with, with kids or working with, you know, young people, you know, even, you know, 16 and 17 year olds, I absolutely count in that as well. And if you can't do that, and if you can't look after your, your school in that way, and if you can't, you know, do things above broad, those schools don't exist. And, you know, the the Voices of Wrestling got a lot of grief for this saying this, I think it was last year at this point, you can't train to wrestler, you know? Uh, it, it just, wrestling becomes a, a policed industry, at least as far as the training side of things go. And you just don't let people train until they're 18 and they're adults. And I know that we've got, you know, cases that came out and speaking out that involved adults. And I know we've got cases that happened at shows, but I don't know. I just think the the shows themselves are such a wild west. There's so many politics. You're only at the venues for, a, you know, a few hours. What, what's a wrestling promotion, really? It's, you know, three hours at a venue once a week if you're lucky or once a month if you're lucky. Um, how do you police all that side of things? It's such a can of worms that personally i don't think i'd even try until you get the wrestling school sorted which you know to anyone looking from the outside who isn't in this bubble would would see that as the the most you know alarming thing that again you know kids can get trained by 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 people who, who may well uh, be there to harm them 
that should that should be priority number one and the rest of it coming out of this report as bad as it all is is just something that yeah unfortunately gets kicked down the road and and has to be dealt with separately and maybe you know maybe i'm being defeatist but maybe there isn't a huge amount we can do about you know fresh from promotions as far as show days goes and you know consenting adults as far as you know um working at wrestling shows yeah, I think you've made some really good points there. And, and to reiterate what you said about, you know, wrestling promotions. I remember when I did that interview with uh, the guys from Wrestling Resurgence last year and I asked him about, you know, they'd used guys previously who had been sort of like naming and speaking out and the like. And he was like, well, you know, you're dealing with these people, you know, who are probably on their best behavior when they're at the show and then you don't see them for another three months. So how are you supposed to sort of like police that and control that? Because you see them sort of like, you know, one evening every three months. And I thought he made a good point about that. Um, but yeah. yeah, I certainly believe, you know, you, you have got to start somewhere. And I think the best place to start is with the schools and that. I think in terms of the report, I had a lot of the same feelings about you when it was first released and that. But then after talking to Alex and certainly uh, Alan, it, it does seem like it, it's going to require people like Alex and the rest of the other people involved in the report to be constantly hammering it, to be constantly reviewing it, to be constantly going back and, you know, doing more research because they did say it's just an initial thing. And I think that's why it was so spiraling. And I'm not certainly not trying to defend it, but I think it is no, going to no. take them guys. And I know they are very, very busy, but it's going to take them to constantly be going, you know, hammering the door and constantly doing this thing. Because it's like you say, it's going to, it's years. It's completely, mm. uh, you know, allowed to run rough, roughshod and do whatever they wanted you know, with, you know, hardly any policing. And it's going to take years for even the promoters to think like, oh, well, let's carry on doing it the way I'm doing it. It's like, no, you can't. You've got to. I mean, and we'll talk about it with the UK promotions coming back. It's like, you can't just come out of this pandemic and go, all right, we'll just press the button and, and go back to where we were in January 2019 because people aren't going to accept that, are they? And, and I think your point mm. is perfect there it has got to start with the schools and protecting sort of like the younger people and then you can move on from there you can't do everything at once can you no that's it you know it's horrible to say but you know what happens in in real sports you know manchester city for example you know we if you're going to be working at manchester city and training the kids then there's all kinds of safeguards involved in there are there as many safeguards involved in keeping an eye on what raheem sterling is doing on a saturday afternoon no there isn't i don't know why i always pick on raheem sterling when i do this example but you know he's not done anything as far as i know everyone yeah. um, but you know <laughs> you what, that, that what is it sort of like the chelsea under 21s team in 2002 or whatever there were so many scandals in football because it's just all yeah. over all sports isn't it yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, and I think, again, it might be defeatist, but I really think the only real thing, the only power we, we've got right now over shows is they book someone like what happened with, you know, Paul Robinson, whatever you think of that scenario, or, you know, another story we're going to talk about in a bit, you know, promotion books of Bram or someone like that. You know, the be- the only thing we can really do is shout loud on Twitter and not buy tickets. Um and that might be the only way to police these shows as far as, because mm. promotions, I think we're, we're fine. The Martin, as, as shows come back and as people start to, to stick their head out, they're not going to do the right thing for the sake of doing the right thing. They're going to do the right thing if it affects them in the wallet, if it affects, you know, people coming to their shows. If it, you know, a Bram getting announced for a show means that, you know, even if it's 20, 30 tickets, don't get sold. That's the type of stuff promoters are going to listen to. If, you know, fans make a, you know, kick off live at the show itself. That's the type of stuff that's going to get noticed. Um, you know, again, voting with your wallet and and being vocal 
is probably realistically the only thing we can only way we can do anything about you know some of these abusers getting booked in wrestling um and some people's line might be different than others there might be other people who look at a, a situation like a brahmin say it happened long enough ago that i you know i i it's not a priority for me i can go and go to go to the toilet when bram's on you know people people might take that that attitude but i think that power's gonna have to be in the hand of, hands of fans because as that report showed there's just rest the wrestling industry in this country is just so fractured that i, I actually don't really know what you can actually do um so yeah i i would personally be concentrating on the stuff where you, know, you can do something and yeah treat it like a dance school treat it like a ballet school or you know, similar, um, and do something like that where, you know, maybe our, our schools, like even like a stuntman school is, is regulated. And then as horrible as it is to say that the live event side of things, the entertainment side of things might have to be policed by fans. Well, I mean, we might as well get into it. Aren't they? Obviously mm. the UK roadmap out of lockdown restrictions, you know, seems to be going to plan, mm. you know, cases are down everywhere. Hospital numbers and deaths are down, you know, everything seems to be petering off despite, you know, pub beer gardens, opening gyms, etc. And, uh, you know, the vaccination rollout seems to be going well. And, you know, we've had the pilot events of the snooker in Sheffield um, the past month and then the rave that was held in Liverpool. Um, <laughs> Didn't fancy Wasn't going into that one then. Despite then. the rumors. <laughs> no. It was funny that because like as it was happening, like Mercy's had police were getting a lot of uh, contact from people saying, oh, did you know there's a rave happening in Liverpool? And we have to <laughs> literally put a tweet out like, listen, we know it's legal. Nothing we can do. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> yeah, weird that we're yeah, we seem to be uh, chosen as the pilot for stuff like that. Um, and yeah, so it seems, you know, we're on course to have limited restrictions uh, at the end of June, you know, which is great for us. But of, of course, wrestling companies, you know, are chomping at the bits come back. And, you know, we've had a similar a flurry, haven't we, of announcements uh, from mm-hmm. companies coming back this summer. You know, um, I mean, we talked to Red Pro a few shows ago, Preston City Wrestling announced comeback show in Blackpool, uh, BWR in Grimsby are coming back, TNT in your hometown of Liverpool and tons and tons of others. And, you know, you know, while you while you can see these companies are obviously wanting to come back and, and make money again, you know, hmm. and, 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 you know, there are, you know, there are certain things I look on BWR's website and it's clear and, uh, and obvious there that, they've you know, like Red Pro, they made this pledge with um, equity and, you know, it all looks good on paper and, you know, and there's a lot of links to the, the things they've signed up with equity. But, I mean, we've seen some massive blunders already. I mean, you know, tons of announcements but you know you've also got to question how well the safeguarding is following speaking out i mean some of these promotions like i've noted there do have good intentions but the proof's going to be in the pudding in it i mean you you won't know until they've run a few shows and we can see these things being put into effect i mean and and just other promotions seem to have pathetic excuses for safeguarding and whistleblowing policies i mean i mean i mean you mentioned it i mean despite whatever they've got in line for safeguarding and, and whistleblowing, these promotions have got to be whiter than white, haven't they? You've got to come out and just show that, you know, you, you're hitting this on the right foot. But PCW using Bram, you know, the, it, it, and it's like, well, somebody should, you know, if anyone's got a problem with any of our roasts to DM us, no, it's on you to be researching this stuff. If you are booking a wrestler, it, it, it's easy enough to research this stuff just by simply Googling it. You forgot about all the shit OTT got, Flash Morgan Webster's pod and all the shit he got, basic internet searches. I mean, you need to be more transparent than ever. I mean, you know, some people are going to slip through the cracks and mistakes are going to be made because you are pressing reset on an industry that's just been allowed to run roughshod. But just to trip, 
you know, at these very first hurdles with people you announce or, you know, showcasing that, you know, you had alleged abuses in the past that we had, that, you know, oh, look at this video with, you know, this alleged abuser on it. And it's just like, what, where have you been for the past year? That's it. And, you know, speaking out was a traumatic time and there were a lot of cases. We can't be aware of everything. As much as I want the promotions to be whiter, whiter than white, I don't think, I, I mean, I'm again, maybe I'm a pessimist today, but I don't think there's going to be, there's going to be any promotion um, that's going to be whiter than white. I think there's just going to be levels of what you're willing to accept. You know, for some, Rev Pro Buck and Osprey is enough of a line in the sand for them, you know, not to follow Rev Pro and everyone's going to have their, their own lines in the sound. But you're not wrong, mate, because like, it's it's not hard to book your first first couple of shows back and not use Bram, is it? You know, <laughs> as far as like, anymore, is he selling tickets to someone? Is anybody watching looking that post? <sighs> oh my god, I've got to go to that show. Bram's <laughs> headlining it. Was he ever? Yeah, I know. You know, they're bringing him in because uh, presumably they want to use him and Camille as a package deal. But it does. It just spits. Well, in it the does face seem like he's been taken off the show now, doesn't it? At least the poster. Mm. Um, I, I don't know on that, but yeah, you know. It just it, it right now, especially your first shows back. You've got you know it's a spit. I think it spits in the face of you know all of these. Oh, we've we've got the safeguarding documents on on the website. You know, I I don't even pay attention to that anymore. It means nothing to me. You know, a load of you know safeguarding doc doc on your on your on your Google Sheets that you've got attached to the front page of your website means nothing. It's it's actions, isn't it? And, you know, you can say all those good things, but then, yeah, as soon as... It's about fan trust, isn't it? As soon as you announce your first show's back and you announce Bram, you know, that fan trust is gone. And promoters might go, well, I don't care about you, quote-unquote, internet fans and, you know, newsflash, everyone's 2021. You know, your nan's got the internet. Um, it's not... Yeah, that, that, really that such internet a thing, fan thing is bollocks. Yeah, <laughs> it is. the internet, yeah. It is. But, you know, I mean, there's maybe a, a truth to the fact that there's, you know, hardcore fans and there's fans who maybe aren't paying as close attention to this stuff as we are or you know truthfully don't care you know and that's not just wrestling you know people will people will go to you know football matches and they'll happily watch chad evans you know kick a ball around um despite mm. the fact, you know the things he's done in the past um there are people who've got again got different lines in the sand and maybe promoters uh you know like a, a pcw let's all be honest aren't really exactly high on most again quote-unquote internet fans or hardcore fans priority lists anymore anyway um they're, they're probably you know they were probably going to quietly go back to book and bram in three months no matter what we all say um and they're probably thinking well you know we'll get a local walk up or you know we'll get those fans who don't care we don't care about you know you you faceless uh twitter fans or whatever but i just think it's 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 just yeah it, it's an easy easy win even if you look at it pessimistically from a from a business point of view, why do it? Why why give yourself the bad PR? Why be a TNT Extreme Wrestling and tweet out, you know, your highlight package of Jordan Devlin, who, you know, I don't care what anyone attached to that promotion says. It's pretty obvious that he's a real flashpoint as far as fans go. You mentioned Jordan Devlin on Twitter. What happens? The GoFundMe gets the link below it every single time, whether you're NXT or NXT UK. Um, you know, that's gonna happen. But you know. <laughs> you can't you know i think people are going to be trying this stuff i think people are going to be you know pu pushing you know what what can we what can we get away with and what can't we you know ott are going to be you know taking those risks ott of 
put videos of Devlin up, put videos of Riddle up, of you know outright celebrated that past, have not made any real um, strides in you know saying exactly you know what you know Devlin's still listed, I believe, as a trainer at their school. You know, Scotty Davis is still attached. Um, you know, for all the talk at the start of this about you know taking action and taking this all seriously, they've been pretty quiet since then. Um, I think what you're getting there is uh, is some promotions just you know testing the waters and seeing what they can get away with. You'll see promote you'll see promoters try and hide behind the fact that well you know NXT UK investigated this person and therefore we think it's fine you know uh, as if that's a and that was my worry about the APG report to be honest you know this idea that well WWE have got good good safeguarding so let's do what they do and we all know what you know uh, a murderous row of people are are working still at NXT UK and still well, that's, the, that's the thing contract. as well isn't it it's like oh the stuff with Devlin it's like well WWE using him. And yeah. featuring him quite prominently over WrestleMania week. People tweet that. People think that. People genuinely think that. You know, people behind the scenes think that as well. Um, and yeah, you're going to get a lot of that. And you're going to... This is where I think, you know, not to you know turn into too much of a pro apologist. I think they got plenty wrong. But I think where they've got things right is they basically just have to say, listen, if there's anyone on our shows that you're not happy with, one, we will tell you ahead of time who is on these shows. And if there's anyone you're uncomfortable with, you get a full refund. I think promotions are going to have to take that tact. Um, I think I, I want to, I, I would rather, you know, these people don't get booked, but at the very least, you know, offer that, offer transparency. You know, that was a, the heart of the Paul Robinson stuff, wasn't it? It was like, mm-hmm. you know, we can all think what we want about Paul Robinson getting used backstage, but we want to know who we're giving money to. And, you know, they have plans to use them on shows as well. So I suppose it would have came out eventually, but, you know, we all want to know, exactly who's there and exactly you know morally where we're putting money to we want to vote with our wallets transparency is probably you know the minimum standard here isn't it that you that you want out of these promotions and yeah i'm not a hundred percent certain we're going to be getting it going forward it just i think it just you know it can be a bit of speculation here but i think it was a glad so done on twitter but you know it's just promotions testing the water out you know with this announcement and see if they get any flack for it just feel like there's a bit of that going on. You can't have faith mm. in these promotions at all, you know, until they've earned our trust back and show, you know, they aren't just going to go back to the old ways, I think. Mm. No, yeah, it's trust, isn't it? And I think, I think you know, speaking out last year and promotions reaction to it has bend a lot of people's trust. And there's going to be people who used to travel the country to go to shows who aren't coming back anymore. And it feels like, you know, the people who've hung on, hung on and said, oh, okay, maybe I can I can accept, you know, a RevPro using an Osprey and I'll go to their big shows. Or maybe I can accept, you know, for the faults of Preston City Wrestling and I can go to their shows. If you, you know, make some of this, make some of these promotions are already making at this early stage, even when it just comes to tweets, you know, you don't have to tweet, you know, <laughs> even those, you know, mini mistakes. I think even more people are getting run off. I think people who thought, uh, you know, let's see, I could do with an, you know, a few days out. You're starting to put those people off as well. And, you know, you're losing their trust. And yeah, I think that that's a big word going forward for Brit Res trust. And I, I, yeah, unfortunately, I think what we're finding is promotions, even some of the ones who said all of the right things are now being found out because, you know, shows are coming back. They've, you know, the one positive of the pandemic is they didn't have to run. Now that they do, we're starting to find out, yeah, who was who was all talk and who's actually taking action. And I think also, yeah, I've got to announce the full lineup, all the matches, everything. No totally. surprise bullshit anymore. Just all, I mean, that's what's, 
Yeah, I mean, Red Pro have hardly, you know, I know it's a while until they start running again, but they've, you know, they've hardly announced anyone for their show so far, have they? Not yet, no, no, that's true. Um, you would hope, you know, before before the shows come, we will we will hear, um, you know, the, the names of. Hopefully, they're going to be transparent about, you know, even who's working backstage as well. It's wrestling, though, isn't it? Do people do people really learn lessons from the past? Mm. I think we we often find that they that they don't, don't do we? Um, yeah, it's so I'd say it's a weird time because you know, on the one hand, people are made up to get out the house again. You know, I was. Yeah hikes you know that tnt show come up is the week after my birthday and i'm like oh and it's the first week that lockdown is officially over and it's you know i've got mates talking about coming to, to, to go watch it with me and, and come and stay and it's all this thing. and then you know they put a tweet out like that that, that devil in one and it just makes you think god yeah great you know that just takes the wind out of your sails and you're left with mm-hmm. you know a moral quandary of you know should i support that promotion should i even talk about that promotion on podcasts like this one mm-hmm. you know going forward should i you know and again obviously there's more serious things you know at play but i'm gonna have that in other promotions but i'm gonna have that that thought about other promotions as well and you know i want to be excited i'm sure you're the same man or getting out the house again and going yeah. lots of live wrestling shows but yeah just at every possible opportunity um these promotions shoot themselves in the foot don't they and that's and it that just become comes down to it that's just what it's gonna have to be and it fans policing mm-hmm. this stuff and telling promotions what they don't like because you know they've just proving time and time again they're going to stumble over but um you know i don't really want to end the show on that sad note but i suppose you know <laughs> that's how we're going to end it because um obviously mm. patreon going strong benno uh, a lot of shows uh out this month some cracking ones um especially sort of like behind the paywall that definitely are worth signing up for um you know the the brit wrestlers abroad and who's had the most success abroad i thought that was a cracking one and then obviously mentioned andy ogden earlier and he jumped on for your show about uh, worst venues in 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 British wrestling, or just worst venues that you've been to, which I thought was a was a really eye opening one. It's funny that a lot of venues that you picked up on are cracking for gigs, but uh, terrible for wrestling. I've been to a few at Brixton Academy, and it's great for gigs, especially with that slope. And you know, oh, the, there yeah. isn't a bad sight line when you stood up there. But yeah, I always thought, you know, before Progress Run, I was like, how are they going to run here and it not be like um, you know, a, a, an all star show doing the tours around the UK theaters. Mm, yeah that's it yeah it's a i think it was always a problem traditionally for brit res was it it wasn't until you know i'll give him some credit progress came along and icw came along and you know started on pcw particularly you know and running proper proper nightclub venues that are good good for wrestling so we all in the early 2000s had our experiences then we might not go into to shitty venues um mm. but yeah there is i think that mid-size level is always a struggle like that progress brixton yeah. show is one of my worst memories of going to, <laughs> to watch a live uh, wrestling show but yeah no appreciate it that was a, a great chat uh, andy ogden's the the absolute man when it comes to that stuff we uh we gave him the call 30 minutes before we press record and was like <laughs> just thought about it and thought you know what do you want to do this one with us mate i'm sure you've got plenty to say and you already had a ready-made uh, top five list of the uh, the worst venues including the worst toilets um, good lad. In, in britain you, you know andy he's always going to come with that good stuff uh, so yeah that was a good time obviously we talked uh, as you mentioned their best and worst brits abroad which was a fun conversation talking about the merits or lack thereof of, uh, of some people you know your british bulldogs of the world uh, down to your, your giant haystacks who unbelievably did do a stint <laughs> in WCW. <laughs> 
you know the, the curious case of uh, William Regal where people seem to have this uh, memory of him as this uh, this great all-time wrestler but can't name more than four matches he had that were actually good um, you know all of that <laughs> we covered that too but yeah other than that yeah it's all uh, patreon.com slash grapple we've got film club coming up this week where it's a Kevin Nash edition at, at time of uh, recording it's neck and neck between uh, The Punisher and, uh, and Tales 2 where it turns up as Super Shredder as being the uh, the film that we review this week we're uh, waiting on our, our patrons as far as voting goes for that but yeah we do that we do a spotlight uh, grapple spotlight live every monday plenty of other live content uh, daily news updates uh, weekly weekend previews all of that good stuff over there at yeah patreon.com slash grapple great stuff and um yeah obviously i mentioned earlier you know there's the uh in, me andrew we're joined by John Lister um, a couple of weeks ago to talk about the cracking ECW documentary that WWE uh, put together a couple of years back, uh, The Rise and Fall of ECW. Great having John on. I mean, one of the most knowledgeable people on on wrestling and certainly that time period. So it was great chatting to him and um, always great chatting to Andrew. And yeah, me and Andrew will be back sort of uh, last Thursday of the month. And uh, I think we've got another documentary lined up. Soon to be have a run of documentaries. We're going to be talking Beyond the Mat. Um, Oh, and cool. obviously that classic that everyone remembers. Um, so, I'm yeah, and hopefully we'll have now. a special guest lined up for that one as well. So really looking forward mm. to talking. I haven't watched it in years. I know everyone was raving about it coming onto Netflix. And I remember having the DVD when it first came out. And, uh, yeah, so it should be interesting. You think, like You watch these things loads, don't you, when you first get them. And so you're like, oh, kind of bored of watching that. Well, I'm sure there's a lot of things that um, I've forgotten that happened in that documentary. So certainly be be good to talk that one. Amazing. Yeah, I look forward to listening to that one. It's a, it's got a great place in my uh, my memory as far as that that yeah, you know, uh, that and wrestling for the shadows is like uh, the oh, forerunners yeah. to all yeah, you know, the dark side of the ring and the like that we're all uh, we're seeing now. But yeah, they're the originals and still the best, I think. But yeah, I'll have to uh, watch that again myself before you guys review. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, uh, you know, rate, review, and subscribe if you can still Ooh, get on. And get Apple the t-shirt podcast. to everyone. Sorry, yeah, sorry, the t-shirt. Tomorrow, yeah, but, t-shirts. Yeah. Wearing available. it right now. Yeah, wearing it right now, Bushby and Thompson. Follow, <laughs> follow Benno. I'm sure he'll post a picture when we put up this uh, podcast of him <laughs> proudly sporting his uh, Bushby and Thompson t-shirt. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, me and Benno will be back um, this time next month. So, thanks for everyone for listening, and we will catch you then.